International. I'm Sandra Valls, and I'm on Leading the Blind with Ariel Norman and Brett Vervoort. <laughs> Did I say it right? <laughs> I didn't think I was going to get her name right when it's, I said uh, it two seconds ago. It's plagued my whole life. Is it Vervoor? Sometimes I think it's like Vandervoort in my head. And Is it Vervoor? Uh, it's, uh, well, my say American... It right. <laughs> Is it Vervoort? <laughs> It's probably, it, yeah. If I was probably in the Netherlands, they'd be like, Vervoort or something. Vervoort. Um, Very phlegmy, you yeah. know. An awful, awful language is up there, I'm trying to say. <laughs> they should really do something. Uh, but yeah, I put should do it. something. <laughs> I know. The Dutch? Ugh. What Ugh. are they, they got to work on it. <laughs> the yeah, whole language. They should have a council and like really just make, make some changes. But keep up with the chocolate, though. That's good. Yeah. Yeah, okay. don't change the chocolate. No. <laughs> well... I feel like they could have darker chocolate. Is it, why is Whoa. everything that we get? Okay. <laughs> Whoa. Controversy. Controversy. <laughs> it's a I think curve. you're used to it. Is that what? Yeah, I don't hate it as much. Yeah. I'm just like, oh. I'm, yeah. Because I'm constantly reminded how like nasal and annoying it is instead of... <laughs> have you tried doing it. a different voice? Like, I now talk I, like this. Your radio voice. <laughs> I, think on, I think on the podcast, my... Like I'm, I naturally just wearing headphones. My voice naturally drops. I'm channeling those because good time you don't girls. Have to ye- yeah, yeah, good times. Good yeah, times. I think I'm just channeling. Yeah, and I don't have to yell. I don't have to like get the attention of people in a bar, right? That's mm-hmm. why I always ask for a good monitor. Because yeah. other than that, you end up with your energy and everything. Yeah, you're like what? You know, and you end up yelling. But if you hear yourself, you can bring it down. Well, unless there's a heckler, like. Oh, All right. <laughs> yeah, oh. we had. <laughs> well, let's just talk about that. That was fun. You don't even know. I talked to that woman for a while afterwards. Um, really? Oh, yeah. So is. this was on a show at Spider House that we were on. Sandra was headlining a a show. Um, that well, that you basically. I, I don't know what words to use because you must have contacted Luke Wallens or mm-hmm. Spider House or mm-hmm. how did you? Are you talking to Spider House? I contacted Adrian and I was like, hey. I'm in Austin. I'm in Texas. I want to do a show. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what do you, we got open? Well, how about Fruit Bowl? And yeah. I'm like, it's a Monday. Yeah. And she's like, well, you know, it's got an audience and we can fit you in there. And this is, you can make you know, money on a Monday. You can make money on a Monday. And I'm like, well, I'm already going to be there. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. that's how it went. Yeah. Well, the and Spider House people, you know, do Monday night comedy every week and there's, you know, different formats. So that that's w- what she said. She's yeah. like, you know, just do it. And I'm like, mm, okay. Yeah, we got a great, I mean, honestly, best crowd I've ever seen on Dude, Monday I night show there. my ass. I bet. The meetup groups, I'm all, ladies, hey, <laughs> typing, like, how about this? Like, what else do you want? Like, yeah. yeah. I sat my ass down, like, on Facebook, on this, on that. I'm like, okay, what else? Yeah. It's going to be funny. If you don't want to come, I finally, you, you just kind of want to go, then fuck off. Don't right. come. I've tried to get lesbians to come out to comedy shows to, with very little success. All right. We'll talk about right. that. Yeah. We'll t- we will talk about that. <laughs> Can yeah, I curse? So we, oh, of course. Yeah. Um, I'd be offended if you didn't. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so this is a clean podcast. It's also a, this is the Mormon podcast. No. Um, so there's this woman who, I think she had already started heckling she uh in the beginning 
but I, I can't remember exactly wait, until do you my wait to talk about it. No, let's just talk about this and then we'll we'll transition into your <laughs> history. But it's just a fun, you know, starting segment. I mean, I'm curious because yeah. her face well, told a whole visual story. No, are we on? Are we yeah, on? yeah, okay, we're cool, on. Cool. We're on. Um, so. So, because a lot of times when people introduce me now, because I have the show where heckling is allowed, people will say that. And sometimes I tell them to say that, but now I'm starting to think I shouldn't, just because it's a weird thing to address. Um, you have to do this weird thing where I'm like, well, I'm kind of comfortable with you heckling, but you probably shouldn't if you don't, you know, if you're too drunk to figure that out. I don't know. And so this woman, like, pretty quickly started yelling things out, and at first it was kind of okay but then she started um jumping on punchlines and i had to be like ma'am you're cut off from talking yeah no, you said here's how heckling works yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah you're like, not supposed to do that while i'm talking yeah if you can't figure out like when, when you're interrupting the flow of something then you it's heckling's not for you right and Isn't it weird it's like heckling it's almost about timing <laughs> yeah you really have to be good at it um <laughs> And she and so then I was like, I'm going to ask a, I'm going to ask a question later. I'll let you be the person to answer. So I was trying to, you know, yeah, yeah. I always try to keep people on my side. You don't want a drunk person being mad. It's just frustrating. So so she was kind of OK. And we kind of mitigated the situation. But then she kept wanting to heckle. And she eventually is heckling Sandra. And well, didn't you just come out? No, because OK, because she heckled the first comic. Yeah. Ridiculous. And then you and then Ralphie. She just yeah. kept on and on. And I'm like, this woman, I'm backstage and I'm like, this woman's never going to stop. Yeah. You basically shut her down. And I'm like, if that doesn't work. It doesn't, yeah. Because she, you know, there's funny hecklers. There's hecklers yeah. that you're like, you know what? I'm going to go along with it. Because yeah, we you're kind of funny and I don't know what to do. And you're actually, at, you know, you're, yeah. yeah, whatever. This was just someone who is disruptive and, and didn't say anything of importance. So I came right out. And the thing is, I was taping it because I need chunks of clean set for yeah. demo and for people and for representation and i just wanted yeah to tape so i'm like you know i'm really good at crowd work but that doesn't show what i can do as i, I want to see how my material stands you know this, yeah. I mean, you want to work on your material right. i'm not gonna be a cheerleader throughout the whole thing right yeah. <laughs> so this gig i'm like not this gig damn it so i came out and i go okay who's a heckler get it out now yeah ask me anything and then she was like what's your sign <laughs> That's her. Like, like that's what's her sign. So then, whatever I said, please, ma'am, be quiet or something. And right before a punchline, because uh, part of the punchline is taking sometimes you know, silence, is take a silence and then say it. Or sometimes the punchline comes. Well, you know what I mean, yeah. Ariel. You know what I mean. You're a comic. So is Brett. So yeah. hi. So you're all a comic. So you know what I'm saying. Yeah, so yeah. I took a pause and I went, oh, and she just talked and I went on my freaking punchline and I went ma'am like and then she was but you know what afterwards she was there with all these people that never put a stop to her well let me tell you what happened because okay first I have a story of, all, of her after too oh good She's, okay. <laughs> so so that is what's so frustrating because when you you know you're when you're using silence and that beat before the punchline right we know what we're doing but because she's dumb and drunk she thinks oh she doesn't know what to say. I better fill the silence. You know, that was her mentality. So when you were going on, she finally, she finally like got up and went to get a drink. And then when she was stayed past, there for a while, stayed there for a minute. Right. So then she came back and she was like, Hey, and sat next to me <laughs> and was talking too loud. And you know, how you, I, I'm in the back, but I'm still like, I know that I can this see sound, you. Yeah. And I'm, I have to keep being like, Shh, 
but yeah while she's apologizing about heckling she's doing it too loudly and so now i have to be like okay (laughs) would she apologize to you before sandra this is after the sandra thing so now sandra's still up there and so she's saying like i'm so sorry Uh, or you know like i didn't i wasn't heckling i would never heckle and i was like oh actually like we consider it heckling anytime that you talk unless you're asked a direct question that's obviously non-rhetorical um (laughs) so (laughs) obviously it's an obvious but i so it's like so and she was like oh i I had no i was like no i know you didn't know you know what nobody gives people a pamphlet about the rules we get it like you didn't i was like we all know we know that we can tell like when it's a a spirit of ill will versus like you're just drunk you know or or i said like you just didn't know and she's like yeah well all my friends are like uh oh, oh you you're drunk and blah 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 but this is just my fourth beer which like i mean i don't know what the abv it was a dark beer so it could be anything <laughs> fourth beer at the place yeah, yeah. how many also before also what she, the doors had opened an hour earlier like so yeah also was it your fourth beer in an hour maybe you should have two beers yeah i was like if i have four beers i'm drunk she, you know well, she like, was she was not tall but she was pretty large she actually said that she was like and i'm a big girl and i was like yes but I no, mean, she's had in the front row. You're, and you're obviously drunk. It does, you, whatever you think about your fourth beer. She had run into, I'm pretty sure she had run into Avery Moore. And because she came back and said, there was a girl at the bar and I was trying to explain how I was just trying to help the show. And she would <gasps> like basically told me to go fuck myself. And oh. I was like, that was Avery. That yeah, was that definitely, was, that was I guess Avery had just passed. I was like, oh, she ran into Avery. And I'm sure Avery just gave her like two middle fingers. Right. And was like, you're the worst. And just left. Um, yeah, and so she just kept talking and kept trying to, and she multiple times uh, asked me if I was married, and and I was like, yeah, I got. And she's like, where did you get married? And it, like for the third time, but I was you, like, you brought it up. I had already said this yeah, on stage, said, yeah, yeah. and I was like, yeah, in Glen Rose, I got married a few months ago. And her, she's like, oh, well, and so she, wait, all this is happening while I'm yes, performing. Yes, and I, so I have to just keep being like, anyway. Yeah, okay, it's cool. It's cool, huh? Because I'm always trying to, you know, I don't want yeah. her to feel bad. I want I want her to feel appropriately bad. Like, don't do that anymore. But also, Not it's but okay. See, but here's the deal. Yeah. But after you're talking to her in the back. Yeah. Oh, no. Which I'm like, oh, she left. Okay. She came back and sat where she was. Yeah. Right, you know, stage right. And then she heckled again. So oh. after you had that long talk with her. Oh, my God. About, <laughs> hey, you know, it's just, you know, that yeah. nice you're not it's still against the rules she did it again she kept doing it again and i was like whatever she did it yeah so then after the show i'm saying hey to everybody and thanks for coming and the whole thing and that whole group of girls i'm thinking she's there by herself or with her girlfriend no she's there with the entire group of girls and none of them ever said hey dude be quiet and one of them is actually someone that i met in another comedy show that i went to who was really cool and brought all of them Mm -hmm. and so she introduced me and her fr- she introduced her friends to me and then she goes and this is my friend so and so the heckler yeah and i'm like she's with you and then the girl goes i'm not a heckler there it is and i went then and i hugged her hello and i yeah. said honey then what are you <laughs> <laughs> and she goes i'm a participator oh. i said no, you're not supposed to participate. No. Well, you're just like the people who watch like, tennis matches, you know? Yeah. Just, I'm not a heckler. Don't say that. I said, okay, don't participate anymore. Yeah. Like, don't ever do that. And then she was like, but wait. And I'm like, no, no. And I hugged her goodbye yeah. and thank you all for <laughs> but coming. Wait, no. <laughs> but wait, no. Bye. <laughs> 
How uh, embarrassing. Oh, that's so funny. I mean, that's, well, I don't know why I would expect her to remember my speech about participating in heckling when she didn't, when she asked me if I was married three times, you know, <laughs> of course she's not computing, like not learning new life lessons. Well, she's yeah. like, you, you can't listen and talk at the same time. It's right. just not the same part of your brain. Well, if she were a funny heckler, like I said. Right. Yeah. No, but she just wasn't. Drunk. She, she, she made wasn't. no sense and I don't know what she was saying and. Oh. It's just sad. Well, and two, it's so frustrating when someone heckles, but they say it just loud enough to be very disruptive, but not loud enough you actually know what they said. So then if you want to even respond, you have to be like, what did, what you, did you say? say? Yeah, and now you're why? encouraging them right. to, anyway, ugh, good. You know what? Not that she would ever listen to this, but if she did, she probably wouldn't even know we were talking about her. She's no, like, no. that wasn't me. I was the participator. I wasn't that heckler. Like Sandra's saying, you know, you got to hold the friends responsible, too, because next time they go out, you'd be like, hey, maybe not so much. Maybe one. Well, it's hard because people don't know. And what? how do we what, How do we expect? Okay. How do you not know when you go, okay, ma'am, shut yeah, up? I, That's we, what you said. already said it. Yeah. How do you not know when you say, and the other comic was like, be quiet, be quiet. Then I come out and say, be quiet. How are the friends not going, you're not supposed to act this way? Right. Someone her see, leg. I didn't see anyone go, shh, shh, or, yeah. you know, kind of tap yeah. or nothing. I didn't see any of that happening. Yeah. That's why I was surprised. I'm like, oh, she's with you? Right. Oh. People don't know how to stop their friends from faux pas, I guess. Friends but, don't let friends heckle. Yeah. There we go. There's our slogan. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, fun. How long have you been doing comedy? Mm. <sighs> it's, that's hard to say, over 20 years. Mm-hmm. Um, because... You know, when I first started out in Boston, it was kind of like a a comedy class. Well, and I was like dabbling, and then I was like, eh, you know, and I didn't do it professionally until 2001 when I moved to L.A. Okay. Wait, so how long were you in Boston? You were in Boston dabbling for how long before in L.A.? And I was dabbling, let me see. That was 19, I was 30. I was 30, and I'm older now, <laughs> so <laughs> I'm way older now. So, wow, I don't know. I mean, years. I was dabbling for, so for like, I would say, you know, I was, I was dabbling for like six years, but I had a nine-to-five, and I didn't really take it seriously. Mm-hmm. I was in a band, and so I was a musician, and that's mm-hmm. what I did, you know? And so to me, the reason I, I, I started comedy is because I had a girlfriend, and everyone was all like, you're so funny my whole life. Oh, you're so funny, you're so funny. You should be a comic. And I'm like, no, I'm an actor, I'm a singer. I'm in a band. I went to musical theater school and this girlfriend and I are in couples therapy and she, because well, we were breaking, that's what lesbians do. We go to couples <laughs> therapy because we want to prolong the pain. Yeah. Um, and she had signed me up for an adult nighttime adult ed class in like a community college, uh, right? Comedy workshop kind of thing. Funny. You know, because you're funny. And I'm like, oh, okay. And that was like my Christmas gift or something. So in October in couples therapy, she breaks up with me and she goes, well, wait, well, I already paid for the comedy class. Are you going? And I'm all, what? Who wants to go to a comedy class? You know what? And so then I called my friend Chris crying to him. And he's like, dude, she took all your friends. You should join the comedy class yeah. to make friends. So I went to the comedy class to make friends, not to even start a career. Yeah. And then a whole career came out of it. I'm like, oh, I'm funny. And I, I do it anyway. And I write these things. And you're going to pay me for it or pay me mm-hmm. with a beer or whatever. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I get to vent. And okay. And that's how it started. Okay, and so why did you why did you decide to move to LA? Because that other another girlfriend uh-huh. and I broke. <laughs> 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 because you know I really had been wanting to move to LA forever. I went to school in UT, at UT, and then I moved to Manhattan for acting school. Then I moved, just ended up in Boston because I fell in love. And then I'm like, you know, 
I've always wanted to go to LA. That's where I need to be, and I need to get away from this other one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I got in my Ford Taurus, yeah. <laughs> drove cross country, and just started like balls to the wall. And I haven't looked back ever since. It's beautiful. Wow. What, what prompted the shift? Because uh, you said you were acting and singing also at the same time, but then you fully made the transition when you moved to LA. Like, what prompted that shift? Because it was easier just me. I had an eight-piece horn band in Boston that was kicking. It was beautiful. But it's like eight people, eight guys trying to... And then you end up in the middle at, at the end of the night with like 70 bucks in your pocket, yeah. you know? And we played R&B music. It's, it was horns and the whole thing. It was amazing. And when I discovered stand-up comedy, I'm like, oh, it's me and it's kind of acting and I really, really like it and it comes out naturally to me and I enjoy it. And so, you know, when you're a performer you don't just do one thing. I mean, I don't just do one thing. I mean, some people who are comics are also artists and something else, you know? And so for me, I went to LA, of course, because I still love acting and I still go to auditions and I still do my thing and I still do a lot of singing and I and I still do comedy. So, you know, whatever sticks, whatever I get paid for, that's yeah. what I do, you yeah. know? And so I also write, which is something cool. And while I was in LA, I also started producing. Like, I didn't even know. I was like, I'm a producer now, what? What was your first producing gig that you did? I produced um, a show called Mundos, M-U-N-2. It was a sh- uh, different segments for that show. It was a, a Spanish-English language um, magazine show in L.A. And actually nationwide, I forget what channel, but it was called Mundos. And it was everything from, like, interviewing people. like, And you'll see on my demo tape or if you go to my website, like, I interview Eva Longoria and I interview, mm. like, Charo on the red carpet. And, you know, I'm interviewing, like, all these people, like, really cool just fun and that was that paid the bills for a while too wow okay so let's try to figure out this timeline then <laughs> okay so, so 2001, 2001 you go to la and i'm couch surfing with my oh, friend okay. and i'm and then i started doing like open mic nights just hitting it mm-hmm. hitting it hitting it what was that like the open mics then uh, hard <laughs> it was hard because you know you i thought i'm the shit I got it all down because I was all memorized. Like my thing was all memorized. Uh, yeah, I got it Actor memorized. Training. I got my monologue. You know, I got it yeah. memorized. <laughs> and then I, I meet this guy Frank Lucero, friend of a friend who, basically took me under his wing. And he's like, they got a show over here at Acapulco's restaurant. Then we're gonna hit the Ha Ha Cafe. Then we're gonna hit this, and I'll ask them to give you five minutes. So it was open mic, but not really. It was like yeah. wherever I could go up, I went up, and so. You know she's funny. Give her some. Give her five minutes, and I go up there, and I'm all so. But anyway, and you know, and you're, yeah. you're kind of like I memorize this, and like like you were saying about hecklers, they come up, and you're like. So anyway, yeah, and you like yeah, you stick to rolling. the script, and then I'm like, no, no, this is not me. And then I'm like, well, I should talk about the my gayness too, but everyone's like, no, no, don't, because you know, two thousand one, still not cool to be out. No. And I'm like, I don't want to hide. So, but I still did my thing, and then I. I just started kind of trusting my um, myself and my material more to where if I got interrupted, it wasn't like a, oh my God, I'm like, where am I, you yeah. know? It was hard work, but it was cool. I mean, I worked temp jobs all day, and then at night I would hit three or four clubs with my friend Frank and Fluffy and, <laughs> and uh, what's his name? Uh, hey, fool. Hey, fu- Felipe. Oh. And all these other people, and George Lopez would hang out in the clubs, and 
there we were too i'm like the only girl like hola como están hi guys <laughs> hey give me five minutes give me f-, you know yeah so you kind of had a group that you could you know figure out how to how to get them to help you get stage time and latino just over the latino and over guys were great to me yeah. yeah and they just adopted you and you were like their little lesbian friend that right they could, you could do five minutes that's awesome i mean you know we should all <laughs> they was totally cool they were like hey sandra she's funny give yeah. her some five minutes <laughs> and i remember this guy rick because he's like oh man you're not a comic until you do tortillas that's a, a, a real like like it's the apollo of latinos ah. in like montebello california you're like uh-huh. you're not a real comic until you do tortillas and it's, it's just a restaurant yeah nice. you don't know man people get booed people grown men cry that's funny and so i'm like you're gonna prove yourself and i'm like okay i'm gonna prove myself so frank and i go to tortillas and i'm like no no do that i don't think i can go and he's like hey give her five minutes and i'm like uh, okay and they're like okay your turn and i'm telling you the crowd is gangster the yeah. crowd is like if they hate you they boo you no matter okay i go up there and i'm all i'm just gonna do it and this is when i was not memorizing i was just do my thing i said i was gay who cares I'm gonna just if something comes up, cool. I'm gonna say it, and I just totally freaking nailed it. Yeah. I was so proud of myself. I nailed it. No one booed me. The word got around. Hey, dude, I heard you passed tortillas. Way to go, man! Like <laughs> the, the, the word got honor. around to oh, all. Yeah, yeah, it was a badge of honor to all the male comics. Hey, man, way to go! I heard emails because there was no like real yeah. like nobody had cell phones really, <laughs> like they did, but not really. Like yeah, I got emails, dude. I heard you kill tortillas. <laughs> Way to go, girl. <laughs> nice. <laughs> totally like I got accepted. Like anybody's in West Side Story. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. That's awesome. Okay. That's so cool. And so at this at this point, are, is everything else on the back burner in terms of singing and acting? Or are you continuing to try to get, you know, commercials or acting gigs? Well, n- yes, in a way. I mean, I was... I met this person, uh, Maria Perez-Brown from New York. I met her in New York, actually, when I was doing a gig uh, for Hot Tamales. And this woman, we went to New York and did uh, like a female, all-female thing. And Maria Perez-Brown was there and she saw me and she was like, um, I really like, is, did you write your own material? Yes, yes, whatever. And she said, well, I'm going to be in uh, L.A. and I'm going to be producing a show for Nickelodeon called Taina. Do you write? I said, well, yeah, I write my own thing. Let me see, you know go audition and hand in some of your writing. Well, a lot of my writing was very blue. Yeah. I said, uh, it's kind of, she's like, it doesn't matter. We just want to know if you're funny. Yeah. So I sent it in and I got in and I was a punch-up writer for Taina for that season and it was one of the best jobs ever. Like I had just gotten to LA and then I get this amazing job yeah. as a punch-up writer. Wow. So great. It was a really great experience. So now but, you're not having to have uh, another day job? You've no, I did. I mean, did? I because it ended in eight weeks. Yeah, so okay. I was like, yeah. what? Yeah. I didn't realize the eight-week limit. But I did. I I bust tables. I cleaned toilets. I um, did telemarketing. Mm-hmm. I did data entry. I did everything. Everything. I saved my pennies. I mean, no job was beneath me. I'm like, I'm there. Yeah. You know, Match.com, they had me do like the entries. Like I just had data entry, data oh, entry for like fine. hours upon hours. I'm like, I'm doing it. I would oh. scooter to work because my car was too expensive to pay for a garage. Yeah. So I have a scooter and I'm like, I don't give a shit. I'm scootering to work. Yeah. And, um, you know, and the food left over from work, I take home. I mean, that's what. Totally. That's how I live first now. Year, <laughs> my first year there, my friend. Jason, if it wasn't for him working at this hot dog place in Hollywood and Highland, mm-hmm. like he'll give me free fries and like, you know, yeah. it was hard the first year. 
in the first and second year and it goes mm. up and down because it's, it's it's been really good and then it's been like uh am i back to like you know yeah you have like the hot streak and then just waves of uh, nothing going on and mm-hmm. then it'll be like oh getting booked again getting all these gigs getting all these opportunities and then i was like a greeter for a career college a greeter i which oh. meant i sat next to the front desk and i'm all hi welcome to american career college mm-hmm for like, like a Walmart bucks an hour, but for <laughs> nine, eight bucks an hour, and I didn't have the money to buy the uniform they wanted, so I had to go to like a Goodwill and buy khaki pants, a white shirt, and a used blazer. And my my friend who was working at the Career College, she's like, "No worries, we'll just get you a patch that said says American <laughs> Career College. Iron it on." And nice. I sat there all okay, and I worked like just four hours a day, but I saved like a squirrel. Yeah. Because I'm like, I really want to do what I love, and I guess this is how it's going to be. Yeah. So what's your next break, or what's the next big thing that happens? You get you get this eight-week job, you're working on comedy. How, what changes next? There's no breaks. <laughs> well, well, I mean, <laughs> like, did you get another job, or? No, it was up and down for years, and then my mom had a, all of a sudden, your mom has a terminal illness. I'm like, what? And when, like, I when just was this? moved there. Mm, 2002 oh okay the so just, you're gonna yeah. I had just you know and I had just gotten K-Locos actually remember mm-hmm. K-Locos and Galavision it was a that was a badge of honor too oh you're in K-Locos and then I got uh, Comic View mm-hmm. in New Orleans remember what Comic it, no, View what is that it was like was. on BET Comic View it was like the thing to be, you know these all these comedy shows why you weren't even I born ha- then no I didn't you have BET we were we were raised without cable so are you were you very religious? Or? No, I was raised Mormon, so my parents. Yeah, we didn't have cable until I was fifteen, and then um, everything was blocked. Uh, so we had CMT was the only music. No, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, it was, it was a challenge. So, but anyway, Comic View was a. Was I didn't even know they had a. It was Comic View, and it was like, um, like a K Loco was like, all these com. It was like comedy show, like a weekly comedy show thing, and I got that, and then my mom got sick, and so I was like, oh. And since I'm the single one, hmm. you had to go home and take care of it. Gladly. I, what do you, I mean, what are you going to do? And home is? Laredo, Texas. Laredo. So I was like, you know, okay. So I went, I would go to Laredo to take care, because it's one of those palsies where you, um, you become paralyzed slowly, 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 oh. but then you're just sitting there like, Ugh. it was like, an, like that's what's going to happen. It's nothing good about it there's no cure and I'm like this sucks because I'm supposed to be funny and I don't feel funny at all everyone can kiss my ass so I went I would go for like a couple months and then I would come to LA for a couple months then I would go back back and forth to Laredo for like seven years until she passed away 11 years ago but really tough and it's tough for a comic but I think what it does is it, it really helps you either you sink or you swim it just it tests you like okay yeah. now what are you gonna do hmm do you, you know do you think that um because you mentioned before that your material earlier was like blue mm-hmm. do you think that uh having to take care of your mom did it change the way that you wrote jokes or change the type of material you were generating at that time when you were going back and forth between laredo and LA? no um i don't um not that i can say yeah I don't, no i don't think so i think what changed was that my parents really sacrificed so much for me to be an entertainer and what I, you know, my college. I mean, I, so much for me to follow what I want to do my career that it would be a shame to just quit in the middle and just be like, I'm giving it up. Yeah. So for me, it made me like do it even more. 
like represent my my parents even more in a, in a way even though I was I, I liked what I was talking about I thought yeah. it was funny and important lesbian sexual visibility I think I thought it was very important why and why not if Mr. Man over here is talking about his girlfriend and funny sexual yeah. jokes yeah why can I talk about you know my sexual funny gr- and it wasn't gross it was just blue and it was funny to me yeah but of course I'm the nasty one because I'm the girl and mm-hmm. you have a dirty mouth and I'm it's like well you standard. just of course you just talked about something with your girl why can I talk about right. with my girl? So then I was producing for CTV, SITV. Oh. Um, a lot of shows on that paid a lot of bills, which was great. And when the shows would come in, I would, they would book me for that and to produce. And that paid a lot of bills for real. And I saved, mm-hmm. like I said, I saved my money. And the next thing that came along was the Latin Divas of Comedy on Showtime, which that was a godsend. Mm. I think that was in 07. Okay. So that really, really, that kind of like, opened up a lot of doors like oh you're on tv like oh jesus it, it's like you're not funnier if you're on tv all yeah. of a sudden you're on tv mm-hmm. you know yeah that's what people care about um and so but then when you're you said your mother passed away in 2009 mm-hmm. and then things changed after that mm-hmm. how did that go well it was tough because I, i've always been very spiritual and i've always believed in a higher power and i believed in um, there's a reason for everything yeah. and um, I started chanting I thought I started becoming Buddhist which was awesome I've had two Buddhist girlfriends in my life and I thought oh my god what's, this, is, this is too much too much work <laughs> this chanting in New York I went too much and then this time around my friend was like you should go to a meeting and I went to a meeting just to shut her up yeah I'm gonna go to a meeting and I'm not gonna be happy screw off it's ridiculous because it worked you know because yeah. I go and I go to the meeting and I'm like Everyone's faking. Really? <laughs> Everyone's faking Some happiness. Some people are faking. <laughs> to try to get, whatever. Yeah. So, some guy said to me, well, if you want to test it, chant for two weeks. Nami Horengakyo. And I'm all, whatever. Harry Potter. <laughs> Harry Potter. You know, the spells. Spell, yeah. And he goes, I don't, look, chant for two weeks, and if nothing changes, great. Come back and tell me. And I'm like, you're on. And a lot of things changed. I was like, wow, cool, this is weird. And I've been chanting since, wow, 11 years now. How does that work? You you mean just like kind of sitting in a room by yourself chanting? No, we have a gohansen. We have a, a what's called a, like a scroll mm-hmm. with like writing on it. And mm-hmm. that writing is a life condition. And you stare at Mio Ho. It's very intricate. And yeah. it's basically you are raising your vibration and you're raising your frequency. Namyoho Renge Kyo means I dedicate my life to myself. I dedicate my life to my life. Mm-hmm. That's what you're saying. Okay. Mm-hmm. But, but you don't do it with, with a group all the time, like every day? You could, but no, you can do it by yourself. You're just chanting. Wow. All it right. raises your vibration when you declare something. Mm-hmm. Everything's vibration in the world. Everything's energy. Namyoho Renge Kyo. And, and every word means something. Myoho means, you know, when, when myo means dark, ho means light. When myo means death, ho means life. Mm-hmm. And so it's the transition of life. Everything's in the myoho stage, you mm-hmm. know, and myo yeah. also means perfection. Renge means the lotus flower, which it means that you bloom in the murkiest of waters. Yeah. And it's self uh pollinating it's it's the only uh, flower that doesn't require an outside thing and so and also the the leaves are very waxy so nothing sticks to them so you are the lotus flower and kyo means through sound Mm -hmm. and so everything nam means reverence like namaste 
So you, when you chant that, you're declaring, I am this thing, this amazing thing, and I dedicate my life to my life. Wow. And you raise your vibration. And when you raise your vibration, doesn't mean you don't have problems. It means that when you do have problems, you don't react to them from your tendency. You react to them from your nature, which, mm. you know, human nature is actually kind. Tendency is not. My tendency could be to get angry. Your tendency could be to cry. Yours could be to, you know, just give up and curl up in a corner or lash out and talk. So the tendency is not the good thing. So you have to raise above the tendency to your nature. So okay. when you chant, I know it's very, I'm no. going on a tangent. When you have these issues in your life, instead of reacting from your tendency, you react from your nature. Right. And how you react and respond changes everything. Yeah, I think, so I think about this sort of thing. I mean, I haven't been chanting, but I, I try to meditate and do some yoga and kind of, I, I think a lot about, you know, how, how to best treat myself in order to be the best on stage you mm -hmm. know in order like trying to get good sleep trying to get good exercise and eat healthy things and, and and everything and that's something that i think about like that wanting to be present and sharp and clear-headed and everything um i always feel like if i can actually meditate for at least 15 minutes that day i do better you know mm -hmm. um so is that something that you think about in terms of that it it helped your comedy once you started raising your vibration yes because when you go through something like the death of your mom, yeah. <laughs> it's like everyone can suck it. Like, yeah. I hate the world. Like, you're just like, how? And the way, and you know, you can spiral downward very easily. Instead of saying, you know what? I was there for her. My career um, afforded me to be there for her. Um, I need to represent my mom even more. And we're all going through something. It's not just me. When someone comes up to me, and I've had this happen, whether through email or whether through in, in person, that I got him through cancer. Mm. My my dumb jokes on um, Latin divas of comedy got him through cancer. Or you know, someone saying I came out to my aunt because I saw you on TV. Or thank you for doing what you do. I, I'm in the service, and I you know I feel much better about this. That kind of thing. You just kind of go so good. Thank you that yeah. you are that my corny jokes are making you go move forward. You know, I, and that what's your calling? If that's your calling, I believe we all make a contract before we come to earth. I mm -hmm. believe that we, we say, this is what I'm gonna do, and I think that this is how I'm gonna make a little dent in the world and spread some love around, and I'm gonna do it through being a performer. And somebody else might do it through being a nurse or through being a teacher or even a parent. Not, none of those are for me, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but for me, I'm like, how am I gonna heal people? Yeah. How am I going to be that little change or that little spark of hope? Yeah. Light the lamp of hope for other people. It's mm -hmm. always really interesting because you never know just like by being yourself and the most full, complete way, how you can really impact and inspire other people to do the same. Well, that's what Marianne Williamson says. I don't know if you are familiar with Marianne Williamson or that note or that quote that says um, our greatest fear is not that we are. What is it? Our greatest fear is not that we um are not successful or something. Our greatest fear is that we are, basically. I, I forget that oh, quote. Oh, yeah, that we it, don't have the capacity was like a, for I forget that like, quote. But yeah. deep in the quote, because it, it's a little paragraph, it says, when we are shine our light, we automatically give others permission to do the same. Mm -hmm. So you go, well, then why am I shrinking? Because people think, oh, that's the humble thing to do. Don't show off and don't, you know. Yeah. When we shine our light, people go, oh, 
I can do that too. I mean, come on. Have you ever seen, I have, a comic or a performer, you go, oh, I want to do that. Yeah. I could do that also. She's yeah. inspiring me to do this or a singer or something. Oh, I want to, you know, that's what we have to do too. Right. And stop thinking, who are we? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so let's, I think that was really awesome. I just, yeah, I never know if everybody else you know, I, no, I don't want to. I don't want to beat myself up, but I, like, has this kind of idea of like, I, I have the responsibility to be mentally and emotionally and psychologically like doing work because I want to be the best that I can on stage, mm-hmm. and so I need to be, um, like, keeping my brain clear. You know, which. I mean, I keep throwing alcohol at it too, but whatever. <laughs> Sometimes it's fun. Sometimes, Sometimes you're like, yeah. you know what? Yeah. I need to have a good time. I'm just going to, yeah. you know, cut loose and yeah. see That's where this taking goes. taking care of your body and your brain too. It's, it's true. just letting it Yeah, and there's days relax where it's like, times. today's a sober day and there's days where you're like, you know what? Today's a whiskey <laughs> and a long star. <laughs> Did um, you say whiskey and a long star? Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Well, you know what? We're drink tickets are working for us. <laughs> um, so let's actually work backwards a little bit trying to figure these things. So currently, do you have a non do you have another job besides stand-up no and so what percentage how many um i don't know what would make sense how many nights a month are you doing shows that depends yeah (laughs) (laughs) that depends i mean i try i sit my ass down and i try very very hard to go okay here's what i the emails you sent and again you send out a million emails and whatever sticks so if i sent out a million emails and say you know uh, New York said, great, you know, we're going to book you and you're going to get this percentage of the door. Okay, that's a solid show. Then maybe I book around that. Mm-hmm. So the contacts I've made through other comics also, maybe I'll do Pittsburgh, maybe I'll do Rhode Island, maybe I'll do Boston, and then I'll do, you know, Baltimore. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty good couple of weeks. And I have friends to stay. Cool. Texas, because I know Texas better. Austin, like when we did Spider House. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a solid show. Mm-hmm. Cool. Then I'm going to try to book McAllen. Ask a friend of a friend who books McAllen. Who books Corpus? Um, maybe Laredo, my hometown. Can we do something there? Can we do something over here? And then I tell my other friend Poppy, who's doing Queer Queens of Comedy, we're going to do Sellers Underground actually in a couple weeks. Yeah. Um, great. I'm here already. Do you want to do the show and bring it here again? Sure. Then we're going to do these other things. Hyenas in Dallas. And then uh, neon boots in, in uh, Houston, hopefully, if it's not underwater. I mean, I'm just saying. Yeah, I'm just giving yeah. you an example. Yeah. Then we have Texas shows and see how many come together. But you're constantly on the phone and you're constantly saving money yeah. because you never know when your next gig's coming. Right. And w- do you have a home base currently? Uh, do, do you, like, have a, a house or an apartment? Or are you... Actually, no. Oh, okay. um, yes and no. I had a bad breakup uh, four years ago <laughs> where I was left with negative money. Like, when I mean nothing, I mean, like, nothing. And so I was like, you know what? I have friends in Boston. I have. I just need to heal from this because it was really mm, pretty bad. And uh, I had no car, nothing. I'm going to stay with my sister, and then I'll see what happens from there. Yeah. And just now, am I scrolling away? And I'm like, you know what? I have a pretty good cushion. Um, the thing, the reason that I don't have a solid place is because I've been touring thank God yeah. <laughs> consistently for the last three years um, that I if I why get a place in LA when I'm hardly there right so I mean I do have a place in LA and um, with my roommate and but it's not my very own but right. you know I'm just temporarily I yeah. rent it when I'm there and if 
she doesn't rent it out. I come back and it's then I come with my system, sister really. and then I go with my dad who's 85 in Laredo and it's super cool because I can get to hang out with him. I mean, 85, how much longer? I hope he lasts for another 20 years, but yeah, right. Yeah. So I hang out with him then I hang out with my sister. I hang out in Austin, do things like this. And then I go to LA and I do my Latina Christmas special play that I co-wrote with two other people. And then heaven knows where I'm, I mean, I, I have the, the freedom, right. but I don't have my own place, which I would love. But right now, you know what? Cool, because... I'm saving money like you don't even yeah, know. Yeah. Because you never know when <laughs> things are going to happen. Right. Okay. Yeah. So that's really interesting. And, and I imagine this is probably how a lot of comics live who are touring around constantly where you maybe kind of have a And that's it's kind of perfect if you can get a setup where you can rent it when you need to and then not have to pay rent when you don't need to. And you've got people all over the country you can stay with. I do. And, and that's the beauty of it. I, I have great, great friends that I go okay, I have a Sacramento gig and I might have something in San Francisco. Can I stay with my friends Amy and Ann in Sacramento? Sure, as long as I want. Mm-hmm. Then I could stay here as long as I want, as long as I want. In New York, my girlfriend's in New York. Stay there as long as I want. I mean... Oh, you have a girlfriend now. What do you mean now? Well, I don't know. <laughs> you said you broke up four years ago. Oh, yeah, but then, you know... I mean, it's been four years. Didn't, well, didn't, I, four I years. you currently have a, <laughs> Thank boy, you. a girlfriend. How, how long have y'all been together? Three years. Oh, okay, so, yeah, of course, you know, there wasn't a long period between girlfriends. Well, you know, um, when you're up for grabs. Yeah, you know. Um, and so how um, how much time do you get to spend with her? Mm. Not as long as I want, but yeah. we make it work. Yeah. It, yeah, well, and, and I kind of think that it's one of those things where, you know, you get to miss each other and it can be better for your relationship. Well, and then when you come back, too, you got interesting stories that you didn't get exactly. to tell while you were on the road. I have road stories. <laughs> Many. Although probably lesbians are better at it because I, I think that we're less likely to cheat and some people think that that's an anti-feminist statement um, but I'm like no I just why is that an anti-feminist oh because we're supposed to pretend that men and women have the same sex drive or something like that Oof. I don't it's think it's about a sex drive I think it's about loyalty right and honesty not and, wanting to hurt the other person and, and, and I mean mm-hmm. I think it's about loyalty yeah, yeah. And I, I think it's about being in love with someone for me. I don't know about anyone else. And also, I, you can have intimacy over the phone and through Skype. True, true, so. true. Do you Skype? We FaceTime a lot. FaceTime a lot. A lot. Yeah. <laughs> thank, thank God for FaceTime, huh? Um, okay, cool. Wait, so how long have you been I mean four years ago you broke up so has it been since then that you have you've been kind of on the road or back and forth like yeah this? because when I was with the, my ex we were raising children as well oh and so you know my career was going really great and then it went really great for a while and then hey you know what when you have kids it's very <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's another life it's a beautiful thing and I'm I'm very grateful that I I got to be a kind of a second mom it's, it was a beautiful experience but when I tell you that, it was like, I mean, I, I, and I, and no shame in my game, I had to go apply for food stamps at one point because I'm like, you know what? You got to do what you got to do. You have yeah. a family. And the funny thing is I'm at the food stamp place and I'm in line and I'm already down and out because I'm like, damn, you know, it's not about the shame. It's just, I'm a freaking, things are going tough and every penny counts. And the woman goes, oh, no way. I saw you in Showtime. <laughs> oh, my God. And she calls her friend. Hey. And I'm like, oh, can I just have my card, please? No tough times she goes tough times I said 
why else would I be here? <laughs> she goes, because just people think when you're on about, TV, you have yeah, money. Just like slumming it. That'd be <laughs> funny if you were writing a bit about food stamps. You're like, no, I'm just going to do the research. Which is really um, want to skewer the system. But yeah. wh- they think because you're on TV, you have, right. you have money. You know, and they think, oh, I'm like, dude, I got paid a thousand dollars or so or two thousand. I don't know. And then that's it. Yeah. I mean, I got great recognition. And then the other TV spot, again, a one-off. Here's your money. Yeah. And if you go, well, wait a minute. They're like, okay, I'm getting someone else. Yep. You can't be all, wait a minute. You really can't be right now. Yeah. Yeah. No, they so we have no <laughs> bargaining power or stuff like that. Yeah. Well, that's something I, I think people should be aware of to know, you know, the comics who are listening, you know, like this is what you're getting yourself into. It's, it's not for the faint of heart. But also, it's like, it's like when you see those people and they're like, oh, how, how are you here getting food stamps? Like, well, please support the arts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. buy, buy our albums, you know, come to pay for comedy shows, you know. The thing put about money in that a, tip jar. Sometimes you, yeah, put money, right? <laughs> pay for the show and stop asking for comps. You know. I mean, you yeah. know. The thing about, um, I just lost my train of thought. What are we talking about? Uh, trying to get people to pay for comedy, um, um, food well, stamps. Well, also just like the stubbornness it takes and also the kind of resolution it takes to just like every time you get knocked down, you just got to pick yourself up again. That's another Keep thing. Keep going back to the work. The rejection. Like I send out emails to every freaking pride in the country. Mm. And I start in December. And I follow up and I, hey, I follow up again. Every pride I sit there. And for 200 plus prides, I don't even know how many there are, I got three. Yeah. And I got rejected by the littlest, tiniest town sometimes. <laughs> Not just one year, but like five years in a freaking row. I'm like, dude, really? It's me again trying to like get your little pride. Other prides are great. I just came from Hickory, North Carolina. Oh, wow. The pride is the tiniest, most cute, beautiful pride, but they have pride there in the middle of nowhere. Salisbury, North Carolina, great pride, too. Bisbee pride. Bisbee, Arizona, way down south, like past Tombstone pride. Those prides are amazing to me, too. And even the big prides, too. I did did Philly pride. I did um, New York pride. I did, um, what else? I forget. I didn't do Austin Pride. I've never well, done Austin Pride. Back Hi, Austin. <laughs> it got pushed back this year because of That's the true. So. Charlotte Pride. I, I was supposed to go to Charlotte, North Carolina. I was in Laredo, Texas. Harvey comes. Mm. Can't go. Did you have like a mentor or a specifically a gay mentor or something? Like I would, you know, like how did you learn? Oh, I email Prides or how to like who to contact, how to how to get these gigs to try to tap into getting a gay audience to come out. I thought about it myself. I yeah. was like, you know what? I'm going to do this. I, because you're always inventing, reinventing and inventing yourself. How am I going to make money? Yeah. When you do local gigs, 50 bucks, 75 bucks, maybe a hundred bucks. And everyone's like, you got to make, oh, you got to make money on the road. Okay. How am I going to expand? So I got, I also did this. I got the Damron Traveler. The what? Damron Traveler for Lesbians, right? And I looked in every single city I wanted to go. Am I saying it right? Damron? Oh, I don't know. I just don't know. It's a Traveler for Lesbians. It's like a little, it's a book. And I went through, it's a book and it tells you where the gay place, like say you go. I thought you were saying you bought a car called it. The Dameron truck. <laughs> yeah, like the, the old I love Subaru. that you're nodding. You're like, uh huh. I'm like, oh, I, I don't was, even know. I'm just assuming, oh, okay, there's another lesbian car besides the Subaru. Okay, all right. No, it's called the Dameron. <laughs> no, it's a book you buy. Okay, that does sound And it's familiar. a traveler 
to where it says if, if I want to go to wherever, yeah, if I want to go to, you know, Corpus Christi, here are the gay bars. Do they keep us updated? Is there still one? There is. Okay, right, so here's a, some. I hope they do keep it updated <laughs> because listen, so I'll go to like, let's say Corpus mm-hmm. and I'll see what gay bars, is it male bar, is it female bar and it gives you codes like, do they do drag shows? Do they do music? Do they do whatever? Oh. If they do drag shows, like Spider House, if they yeah. do things like that, you're like, okay, well they have a stage. Yes. How many does it seat? I go to their website. Who's booking it? What's going on? And I might try to go and like maybe contact them with a letter, a pitch letter, and say, hey, you know, what's it going to take for me to do this, this, and this? And if some of them bite and some of them don't. Some of them just don't. But that I hadn't keep, keep up with. With the prides, I'll go to a, and I'll, I'll give you the, the, the I forget URL. which one it is. I don't know what it is exactly, <laughs> but it gives you all the prides. Throughout the country. But that you have to do some sleuthing also because yeah. you go, let's say you do, you go to One Pride or whatever, you click on their website, it's last year's information. Yeah. You go to the board, go to the staff, who's booking entertainment, what do they want, do they want to fill out a form or do they want you to send them an email, blah, blah, blah. Then you do and then you keep following up. Yeah. And then you call. Yeah. And it's a daily freaking thing and there's rejection. Sometimes the rejection, Oof. stop calling <laughs> or stop <laughs> stop following up. We'll contact you and I'm all, damn it. Like, it's. Yeah. Okay, so let's walk through, like, let's say that you talk to someone in, in Hickory, North Carolina, mm-hmm. we'll say, and you're like, hey, I would like to do perform, I'll do a comedy show in, during your pride. Like, what happens next? Like, what do you you talk about the sound system and and payment like how does that all go i have a contract and a writer and um i don't do that right away i i talk to them they're like yes how much you never say how much first you ask them first well what do you got to offer it depends i I always say well it depends because it's true yeah do you pay for airfare and hotel um do you pay um what is your usual payment? How long a set do you want? Do you want 20 minutes, 15 minutes, half an hour, an hour? Um, make me an offer, you know? And then they'll be like, no, you make us an offer. But the thing is, when you make an offer that sounds like a, a good, really low ball offer, and yeah. they go, yeah, no, forget it. You're like, no, let's go back and forth. That's the way it's supposed to work. Yeah. So when they make, we'll pay you this much. And you go, well, can you throw in this much? Uh, okay, well, I'll do that for less. And, you know, it goes back and I forth. See. And so, but you never want to talk first because what I've I think is that. normal, mm-hmm. that's a pride. And some prides have no money. And some prides have a lot of money. And some prides, whatever. So it's it's a it's a pride by pride basis. So what I do put is like, I'm used to working by with many budgets, big or small. Um, let's negotiate. Yeah. Um, I'm open and willing to be flexible. Right. So let's go back and forth. Once they say yes, you know what? And you decide on a fee mm-hmm. plus two hotel nights because you want to go in the night before because yeah. you know, and airfare. Then I send the contract, and the contract basically states how long I'm going to perform, blah blah blah, and uh, who's how I'm going to get paid right after the show, regardless of audience turnout. Yes, I'm gonna. I ask for half all the time because mm-hmm. who knows what might happen. They say no. Well, they say no. Closed mouths don't get fed. Yeah. Okay. Then I say, through trial and error, I've, dis- I've put together my contract and my writer, which really is, is a basic thing. A working microphone, and you have to put the yes. working, <laughs> with a long enough cord, like mm. five foot, al- you have to, because I 
was in Puerto Rico once with like a three foot cord next yes. to the freaking TJ. I'm like, uh, I'm gonna hang myself with this cord. I can't move. <laughs> it's the only thing I can do with it. Yeah. Light appropriate light system. I need a sound check. I need a well ventilated dressing room. You know, not I need. Yeah, hardly ever get it, but I need water in my hotel room. Water, a case of water, and a couple snacks because you never know when I'm gonna come in. Mm-hmm. And for me, for me specially, specifically, not haunted. Mm, yes, right. <laughs> yeah. I put specifically in big letters, not haunted. This is not a joke. <laughs> You're laughing. I feel like that's the funniest part is them reading like, haunted. Oh, she's being funny. This is not. It a is joke. not a joke because it, because I've been in. I'm sort of an empath and sort of mm-hmm. psychic. So I. It's a long story. I'm also a priestess. This is why I wear these, these necklaces. Chains, yeah. So um, I feel things and I pick up things and I don't like it. Yeah. I don't like it. So why should I be all crazy? Yeah. Right. I don't like it. And then I put, um, I ask for snacks and I ask for water, basic water. I mean, you know, a stool. Do you just say snacks? Or no, you? I say gluten-free. Oh, I was going to say, if you just say <laughs> snacks, you've got to be getting like weird, different. No, I say gluten-free because I am freaking gluten-free. Got to be gluten-free and I'll say, um, I can't remember, like a veggie platter or a fruit platter. It must be covered because again, yeah. <laughs> it must be covered, not open. Um <laughs> and sometimes I say complimentary drinks for the artist because I hate to have to go, can I have a, hey, can I have a, who can I talk to? Can I have a beer? Can I have a, yeah, not beer because I'm gluten-free, but whatever. Well, I don't know. I'm like, you know what? I'll just pay for it myself. I don't care. I shouldn't have to. Right. But yeah. But no, that's good that to, to think about. Well, I'm so used to being, you know, that's the only way we get paid at so many shows that, yeah, putting in your rider, like, yeah, you're not going to pay me $200 and then I spend $30 getting two beers or whatever. Right. Um, wow. Okay, cool. And so how, uh, how much of your day, like in a normal day, because this is a very long, arduous process, just all the back and forth you have to do. How many hours of your day would you say you spend just like on the phone with people or emailing? <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to tell because it's like all day yeah gotcha. and they like I, I mean i if i had to tell you it's probably more than eight hours i mean it depends on the day yeah you know and it depends on when they start to text me because you right. have all these feelers out and if someone doesn't get back to you and they'll get back to you you know comics sometimes comics book shows and producers don't care if it's saturday yeah they don't care if it's 9 p.m or eleven thirty because they don't know where in the country you are yeah. nor do they care if it's like freaking 6 a.m. because they're in L.A. and you're in New York and they're texting you at 3 in the morning and you're like, no, dude. Yeah. (laughs) And then you don't answer. Then then they get someone else and it's... So it's just kind of always... Constantly on the phone. Yeah. Um, So something that I notice at your shows that I've been to is that you put a piece of paper on all the chairs that says like name and email um, for your to sign up for the newsletter. And I was like, oh, right, of course, because I know that getting people's emails is just super important. Now, whenever you're going to be in their city, you can send an email and that it's much better results than, you know, putting it on Facebook for your friends or whatever. Um, And then the other thing that I saw that that y'all did um, last year at what was that venue called um, um highland i think at the highland yeah. is that you um you said okay if you sign up anyone who puts their email and signs up for the newsletter we're going to put all these names in a bucket and someone's going to get a free t-shirt or something mm-hmm. like it doesn't even take much and of course everyone's like no oh, that's you know i'll do that and now you've haha you've got that's all these right. people's emails um so i was interested i thought those were great do you have any other like tricks like that or ideas of like you know for money to make well money yeah that, that hustle yeah yeah i mean 
my friend Mimi Gonzalez and I do a show called Les Barados. And we have traveled all over the country and sometimes we're like, oh man, we're not getting paid a lot for these couple of gigs. How are we going to pay for gas in some hotel? Because these were on us. They don't pay for all that. So we th- came up with a the wraparound raffle. Like we get a wad of tickets, like a, um, not a wad, a spool of mm-hmm. tickets. And we ask the local lesbian-owned shops like it could be a bookstore, it could be a restaurant, it could be a sex store. If it's a sex shop or something, oh, yeah. we have a basket of sex toys. It's funny because then we, we talk about them on stage and whatever. Um, whatever sponsors, and we, we keep saying their name on stage. Yeah. So we get baskets, right? And then right before the show and sometimes during the show, we have what's called a wraparound raffle. Like we wrap a However many tickets, we don't care, for 20 bucks on the biggest part of your body, and that's how many tickets you get. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're really skinny, it's like from the bottom up, <laughs> like crisscross, like Pancho Villa kind of bullets, yeah. you know? <laughs> we don't care how many tickets we give you. You pay yeah. 20 bucks, and we give you a whole, and it's a fun wow. thing. And if you don't want to pay 20 bucks, and it's 10 for 10 or something, whatever. Yeah. So we get tons of tickets and quite a bit of money, you know? Um, and we raffle these gifts off and, and, and the money comes to us because right. the sponsors gave us the stuff. these gifts and you know uh. again if they're for the funnier gifts like what does this do don't touch it you know like a yeah. weird sex thing and yeah. we, uh, people and then we bring them up on stage and we're like look what you want wouldn't you want to use and it and now that's part of the and show and now that's part of the show and it's a fun thing and you have to constantly be it's the beauty of it all and it's the, it's the fun of it all but it's also the annoying part where you're like what else what else what else can I do to to keep fun and interactive with people and also make money. I mean, I love, listen, if I had the money, I would do things for free. I don't care. I love what I do. But free and good intentions doesn't pay like yeah, well, yeah. bills. It's so like you can get people to pay for tickets sometimes or $5 or $20. But, but like people have such an expectation. So many people have such an expectation that so much is free. Mm-hmm. And so I think if you can give them the show for free, um, or you can they pay but then they get free drink or something if you give them something for free then they're going to be much more likely they'll still people are still willing to pay for stuff they still spend money all the time but they have that expectation but it's so great like the idea of just a raffle of course if you can get some stuff to raffle off then people will do that people like gambling and people like winning and they feel like they're supporting you but for some reason it's easier because they get, get something back they get something back right it's like the t-shirt thing they know that they're supporting you if they buy a t-shirt but it just feels you know you can't get someone to just hand you 20 bucks but if they're getting a t-shirt they'll Would pay they too much could. well yeah. that's why I, I actually made t-shirts I and that takes money that's what I'm saying it, it yeah. takes money to make money and then once you have that you're like okay cool you know uh, my very first t-shirts I came up with a slogan, Car- Carpe Dicum, which mm-hmm. I thought was hilarious and the fonts and the whole thing. Those went like hotcakes, which made me a little bit of money. Yeah. And so now I have to reorder them. And um, now I have these stickers that say Carpe Dicum, which is super cool. And I made other t-shirts because my friends were like, no, dude, some people don't want to wear Carpe Dicum. It depends on where they live, but they'll wear you. I'm like, me as if they will. <laughs> I'm like, cool. And they had they came a day after the Spider House. Uh. And so... It's me on the T-shirt, and I'm like, oh, it's my picture on a T-shirt. But they'll buy them, and I'm like, cool. They take some like a souvenir away from the show. Yeah, you know, they take something with them. And I'm, I'm actually, when you invest in your career, again, it takes money to make money. Um, you, you, you put the energy in the universe to have it back. Yeah, you know what I mean. And I, I think, you know that's important to brand yourself that's another thing I tell young comics Mm -hmm. keep doing the open mics and keep talking because 
what is your brand? Who is your audience? Who are you? Are you the, you know, the odd man out, the fish out of water? Are you the one that gets things all wrong? Are you the cynical one? Are you, not to put you in a, um, in a, in a box, but what are your friends saying to you that you're funny? Like, my friends were like, you're so funny when you're mad. I'm like, that's not funny. <laughs> I'm really fucking mad. They're like, yeah, but you're funny. I'm like, damn it. And then later on, I'm like, well, I guess that works for me when I'm annoyed because I get really annoyed at shit. You don't know. I get, well, maybe you do. I'm, things annoy me like more than the normal person. <laughs> and my friends are like, that's, that's when you, that's when you're you on. You should really, yeah, you should write that. I'm like, no, I'm really upset right now. That shit annoys the hell out of me. They're like, no, it's kind of funny. Yeah. It's funny that you're annoyed at it. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, I'll work with that. And that is what I'll, what I'll talk about. Well, how did you decide? Um, there's so much I want to ask, so that's sorry me, that we have me. to. Um, how did you decide to start singing as part of your comedy act? Because I missed it. That's what I do mm-hmm. first. I mean, I had a band when I was 15. Yeah. I had a cover band called Bad Habit because we were in Catholic school. And that's when MTV was first coming out. I'm dating myself. But I mean, I have had bands for my whole life and that's what I love to do. That's what I wanted to do. And so my friends were like, you know, you really should. And then my girlfriend right now also urges me, you really should do more. And I feel great. Yeah. And I started dabbling with it. Like when I was doing the Olivia uh, resorts and cruises, Mm -hmm. because you get a whole hour just to yourself. Everything's taken care of. There's no like, is the sound going to work? Is the light going to work? That's the ideal gig. You don't have to worry about anything. I'm like, you know what? I want to add a song. I want to add this. Perfect cue. I give you a look. You put the cue. I'm like, wow, it works. And so let's see how I can weave it in while it works. And then when I was doing Sacramento gigs and they had a piano there at the uh, Spiritual Awareness Center, which was like really cool. I'm like, cool. Hey, there's a piano here. So I I started going, wow, I could do that cabaret-ish comedy, which I really like to do. Mm-hmm. And I had just bought that keyboard a couple of days ago mm-hmm. that I used at the Spider mm-hmm. House. And I was so happy. I'm like, let's see how this works. I've never done that before where I like bring my own keyboard. I'm like, I'll just do it. Yeah. So I'm going to keep doing it. I just have to figure out how to weave it in. Yeah, I think that's so great because it's. Uh, I was telling Brett about this before before you got here. And it's just like, it's just, there are no rules. Mm-hmm. People... Even even the whole, oh, you got to be telling jokes the whole time. No, you don't. I mean, if people are paying tickets and no one's leaving unhappy, you know, like you can, this is just your act. Well, we're ridiculous. It's a whole full drag regalia telling yeah. jokes. What's the rules there? Right. There's no rules. Right. Just do whatever you want to do. That's, it gives me a lot of hope because I would love to sing one day. Do it. Um, you, if I would have known this, we would have sang a duet. No. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. That would have been great. Um, okay. To, do you do much with social media? Uh, I know you said earlier that you, you, you'll use meetup groups to try to get people to come out to shows. Uh, what, what do you do? What's, what's successful for you? I love talking to, I love making videos mm-hmm. I love making goofy ass videos not like other people that make the like skits or sketches I just love talking to people live I also love like promoting the show if I if I feel like it if I feel like putting makeup on that day <laughs> like I do wear a little bit of makeup mm-hmm. then then I'll promote the show that way or I'll I have fans that are really loyal and I'll, I'll I'm very um, connected to them I answer them back I talk to them and I just stay present, and I think that's what works for me a little bit. I, I think it, the meetup groups are new to me. That's very, it was very mm. in a, kind of a cool but different experience. Um, like I said, any avenue, your mind's constantly going, and it constantly has to say, where else, what, what else is there? Yeah. What else can I do? 
to reach out to people so they could come and see us. You yeah. Know? And when you say goofy videos, you're you're having like a YouTube channel. I do have a YouTube channel, but the goofy videos when I'm like on tour with the other comics and we mm-hmm. just come up with dumb stuff on the road because you're bored as hell, mm-hmm. or just you know, I I really love actually spreading good news to the audience. You know, I I know you probably caught a, a bunch of other videos, especially now in this climate. Then again, I ask myself, well, who am I to be all, you know, keep the faith and, and you know, keep moving forward? Well, who are you not to be? Mm-hmm. Why not? I have a couple of people that you can say, you know, just keep positive and, and it'll work out. And so for me, I do it. Yeah. Do you uh, send out a lot of these goofy videos and like good news through your newsletter that you have people's emails subscribed to? Uh, my newsletter is on hold right now because <laughs> I have to work on that. <laughs> so much work. And then the website and this. It's on, uh, yeah, I will. <laughs> that's the idea yeah I feel like everybody is in a constant state of flux when it comes to yeah I'm trying to get my website and use the newsletter it's like not it's, easy there's only so much, many hours yeah. in a day you yeah know? yeah you gotta triage the whole thing so Brett and I were talking before the show too about like whether you how how regional differences are with audiences and I don't know like how much you focus on uh, gay audiences or if you're ever doing shows that are are just whatever bar shows um but so in with both of those contexts like i mean i think about you know the temperament of boston versus austin versus denver versus seattle versus new orleans uh, Mm. versus smaller towns in the um but especially with gay audiences like do you do you notice that you have to be different with the gay audience in austin versus a gay audience in boston or or um hickory no really no, and maybe because I don't change it. I, I Even from the beginning, when people say, do you change your comedy with straight people? Mm-hmm. Way before it wasn't cool to be gay, you know? It's, not, mm-hmm. it's still not cool in some places, but I mean, way before we had all these all this gay visibility, do you change it? And I said, no. I still, I mean, I have to explain a little bit more what yeah. things mean to straight audiences, but I don't change it. And um, the gay audiences, you know, I think the common thread with people is that they want to be happy number one they want to laugh and they want to feel accepted and they want to feel something familiar i mean i'll even do my latino jokes in hickory north carolina and they i mean some of them got what i was saying because you know and some of them didn't because they've never been around mexicans before you know so so no i i think i think primarily the difference is cultural it's not uh gay regional people it is for example when I was doing Nick Mom's Night Out <laughs> in Nickelodeon, I was raising children, and I had a funny joke that I was the tooth fairy in the family. I, my, my girlfriend at the time was Santa. I was the tooth fairy. And the kid lost a tooth, and he said, hey, how much do you think the fairy's going to give me, a hundred bucks? And I said, if that were true, I'd punch you and your brother in the face and make rent. <laughs> <laughs> and I la- you know, yeah. the, the Latino and black women laughed. The white women did not laugh. <laughs> Like, it's somehow like I'm abusing my kid. I'm like, it's a joke. And so, of course, I couldn't use that joke because the audience reaction wasn't what they wanted. But I find that it's it's not regional. It's sometimes cultural. Like, we laugh at a lot of spanking jokes. Latinos laugh at a lot of, like, dog jokes. Yeah. Like, I'll say, what's with the dog? And and a lot of white audiences, oh, that's about the dog. Yeah. No, very PC. That's interesting. I actually have a whole theory about why that is, but... We'll I'd love to, to hear it because well, it's very there's this book called The Righteous Mind by Jonathan Haidt H-A-I-D-T and 
well, he talks about the different um, kinds of morality, like the different types of it. And basically, conservative people have like five or six types, and liberal people tend to have only this one, well, two types. And one is the primary one being harm versus care, and the second one, secondary one being fairness. And so I think what's happened with, with white people, with what he calls weird people, Western, educated, industrialized, rich, and democratic. He loves acronyms, this guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, right? So, but with those people, like their primary kind of morality is, is all harm and care. Once we've gotten rid of all religion, um, we've thrown out a lot of other concerns about about deference to your elders for instance Mm -hmm. we've thrown that out as immoral in in our culture um and so it with with the harm care thing being the only one they care about now anything like that it becomes even more apparent oh you're hurting a dog oh a joking about hurting a child that's the only morality they know and so they can't even joke about it because that's they're so narrowly focused on is that hurting someone is that possibly hurting someone but again it's so interesting uh because like one of the first stand-up shows I went to when I was really young was like a Lisa Lampanelli show and she's a very divisive wow. yeah I know <laughs> yeah. When wow. you went that was alive uh, okay. yeah that was live it was in Houston nice. and Houston's like a super ethnically diverse city mm-hmm. and uh, it was one of my first first live perform watching stand-up experiences and it was one of those things where everyone's like, oh, I don't like Lisa Lampanelli because she's so offensive. And then if you go to a Lisa Lampanelli show, I mean, people turn out and yeah. they can't wait for her to just tear them to shreds. And it was it was just one of those experiences. I was like, none of them care. They're here. They paid money yeah. and they're, they're like, please say some shit to me. I would right. love to hear it. So it's always funny to me when white people are like, oh, no, I would never. I think there's a fine line between... Uh what she does because uh, she does it in a way that you you understand that it's not real it's pretending it, to be someone who's like that it's like heavily stereotyped it's pretending to be yeah. someone who is like that so making fun of someone who's like that rather than mean comics right. where I can't stand yeah, the mean comic like a like Stephen Colbert pretending to be super um Republican right, in order to satirize yeah it. correct you know and she's like let's dig out all of these things and just talk about them and get them all out there but but I yeah no one she assumes no one is really taking it seriously because you know, they're not because they're not although yeah. some comics are yeah assholes yeah. <laughs> some comics are like okay you really didn't have to go there right it's not funny right yes all right well we should probably move to our final segment unless you have any more questions that um, you want to ask? No, I found this all very elucidating. Yeah, I know. I, know. <laughs> um, I have more questions, but for the sake of time. Yeah, we'll, we'll have to going. have you back. We'll hang out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll answer anything. Um, well, okay. not anything. Well, <laughs> so what? Well, and before we actually get to that, I do want to say, do you have do you have some goals that you're working on right now? Career goals that you're still future projects? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I have been really, really wanting to do a cross-country gig a tour to benefit domestic violence shelters local domestic violence shelters um and empowering women and i know that a lot of other charities need a lot of money as well but i think when we empower women we change the world Mm -hmm. i think that you know a lot of other charities are getting a lot of attention which is great and they should and i give a lot to what i can 
Because even really when I was saying in my Facebook post, a dollar does help. Mm -hmm. A dollar from 5,000 people is $5,000. But anyway, the domestic violence shelters locally that really little towns really don't get a lot of attention and they need it the most. And so I really wanted to get a group of people to go, let's just hop in the car, try to get a sponsor, try to go and hit a bunch of cities, keep working, keep doing what we do, work on new material, and then help make the money back to the domestic violence shelters. That's what I really wanted to do. And so I'm still like, how am I going to do it? Am I going to do it in really big and big cities or also little ones or what? Yeah. And I'm looking forward to my show, Latina Christmas Special. It's our fifth year in L.A., third year at the um, Los Angeles Theater Center. Mm -hmm. That came out the year that I had this breakup. (laughs) My friend's like, just write something about growing up Latina and Christmas. And I'm like, what? I don't feel like writing shit. And it's become a really beautiful thing about three of us growing up Latino in America with, you know, Christmas and how it was for Cuban, Mexican, and gay, and my other friend who's Lithuanian, Mexican, who's an only child. So it's a very different thing. I'm looking forward to that taking off. Yeah. Wow. Cool. Um, God. Well, yeah. I have so many questions, but we do have to. (laughs) We do have to move on. Okay. So we have a final segment where we have just a few more questions and then endorsements. Um, What is the best advice anyone ever gave you about comedy or comedy careers? You're going to have to edit this because I'm going to think about it. <laughs> Take your uh, time. I don't know if it's just one advice about just comedy. It's more about being true to yourself and what your calling is. Mm. And sometimes I'm like, damn it. Why couldn't I have chosen to be, you know, a An lawyer or yeah. something yeah. or a something and then I'm like no no because this is what I'm supposed to do mm-hmm. sometimes so you choose it and it chooses you mm-hmm. keep going uh, that's what I that's what I would say keep going and, and you know don't spiral downward that's the, the best advice I don't remember but just to keep keep at it I mean that's <laughs> if it's your calling keep at it that's what yeah. you're supposed to do yeah because I, I mean, if you're going to be here, like I believe in all these quotes, you know, the universe provides. Really? Then why are you afraid? Yeah. Well, well, because well, if you're doing what you're doing, have faith. Then you say, and the thing is, faith is not just faith in like, like blind faith. Right. I realize that you know in Buddhism, when we say faith, is in yourself. Mm-hmm. So this wonderful quote says. Um, the bird is never afraid of the branch breaking because it has wings. And I'm like, wow, you know oh, what? That's a great Because I'm like, yeah, branches are broken a lot for me. And, yeah. I'm, and I've actually flown. So what am I worried about? After, you know, after I, I lost my family with my breakup and I lost my mother and, I, and I've been down in the dumps and I've survived. Really? Okay, so I'm... This is what who I am now, and this is what I'm going to turn it into. And it's I'm more empathetic to people and to how the the struggle to for happiness yeah. <laughs> and for you know just being who you are. Oh man, I really love I really love that quote. It's a really great quote, and I'm probably not doing it justice, but yeah. it it says something about yeah. the bird. I feel like that uh, segues really naturally into our next question, which is uh, if you could go back and tell yourself. A piece of advice, your first or two years doing comedy, what would you tell yourself? 
just to keep at it it gets better <laughs> it gets better <laughs> and it gets worse but don't worry it gets better and worse yeah and you'll be healing a lot of people that's what i would say you, there's a lot of healing to be done by just being authentic which is the scariest thing yeah. to do mm-hmm. i mean i think that's so true and the more authentic you can be yeah the more you're going to be helping people and they'll hear that little thing that they needed to hear because you know we all whatever is individual about ourselves is also individual in a lot of other people and yeah that's when they respond to it um okay and our last two questions we were modifying because we've been asking it to a lot of austin comics um and people who are based in a scene but i i don't know how often you work with newer comics um, but sometimes, right? Is there something that you could tell newer comics, like, please stop doing that? Maybe um, stop not networking. Stop, mm. stop, <laughs> stop doing your bit and leaving. Mm-hmm. That's what I would say business-wise. Stop, you know, you, you ask me. I can't believe you're not asking me. Mm-hmm. questions I when I would was doing my comedy and I have like other comics that like Suzanne Westenhofer Michelle Ballin Leah Delaria who's now Big Boo and Orange is the New Black I would work with them and they for me were like st- comics who were working I'd be like so what would you think what did you think of my set what did you you know do you have any taglines did you you know and some of them were like, I wasn't paying attention okay but what can you um, contact me on Facebook hey do you know who books this this comic from New York, don't even know her. She said, I really admire your work. Any contacts would, and I know you probably won't get back to me, but any con- I'm like, you know what? And I wrote down and I said, here's who I've talked to. Good luck. I don't know what else to tell you, but here's the deal. And now we talk. Stop hiding and yes. network with people and give us your card. Have something to give me or yeah. give the audience. Don't just leave. Yeah. No, I think that's so great. And I mean, even as simple as like you said, like, what did you think of my set? I think that at least, you know, most of the comics that I know, I mean, we don't give each other feedback or if we really? do, it's, 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 it's sometimes if you know someone well enough, you'd be like, hey, here's a tag, you know, or I thought maybe of this. Don't want to bruise egos. Yeah. People sometimes. are really afraid of getting their feelings hurt, hurting other feeling, other people's feelings. But I think that's something that you could do. Like, I love it when people come and ask me if someone I comes like when someone says, you know, for that joke, here's a tag. Yeah. I'm like, oh, cool. You were listening. You care. Right. I could use it or not. Yeah. Even if it's a bad one, it's flattering that you were male listening and cared. Male comics do it all the time. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a big point is that I think that male comics are harder on each other. They more give each other more feedback. And I think it does us a disservice if we don't have that culture among women. And if we're just nice and polite and whatever, like, like let's give each other feedback and let's ask for yeah. it. You know, we should all want each other to be better. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, if there was anything that you could change about comedy today, what would you change? Or maybe about comedy, people's attitudes towards comedy today? I don't know if I would change anything. I think it takes all kinds of, of comedy and all kinds of audiences to, you know, to enlighten you and to also <laughs> let you know that you're on the right path. You know, sometimes you're like, oh, that's a mistake I'll never make. Or, mm-hmm. wow, look at that one. I mean... Since comedy is about our life, there's nothing I would change about it. I will. Ch- I don't like mean comics. Mm-hmm. I don't like mean jokes. I don't like it. So, 
But even then, I wouldn't change. Maybe that person has to learn something. Yeah, from yeah. Me, yeah from you're too Buddhist just, for that question. So. <laughs> yeah, I'm too. Uh, <laughs> we can't. Yeah, I can't change anything. I would actually. Thing. What I would change actually mm-hmm. is I would give. Uh, I would give a platform to female comics even more. Uh, that's what I would change. I, I would encourage female comics to come out of the woodwork more, yeah. and 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 people to support us a little more. Yeah. I think that we have a perspective. A beautiful perspective that that is, you know, you can't compare it to anything else. It's our personal, unique female perspective. Yeah, and I think it's important to have that voice too. That's yeah. what I would change. Yeah, I think we're we're coming along. Oh man, I was just in Denver the other day, and the female comics there are awesome. Oh, really cool. It was very cool to see. I was like, this is really. You know, I mean, because I'm like pretty disgusting and opinionated and whatever, and it they're they're all disgusting and opinionated and like bold, you know, and or at least all the ones I saw. I mean, I was only there for four days, but I but was, it's great to have a platform like comedy that kind of uh, gives you that gives allows you to give yourself that permission to be opinionated mm-hmm. and speak it on a platform that other people could be like, oh, I have thoughts too. I would love to share them. And then every time I see a girl at an open mic, I'm like, hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Keep coming back. You got good stuff. Keep doing it. Yeah. Good, good, cool. All right. And there's our final segment is going to be endorsements. Um, so I will start. And it can be anything comedy related. It could be a special. It could be an album. It could be a TV show. It could be a YouTube series, anything, or a person. Um, I am pretty sure that this was already endorsed on our show, but most of my comedy time is now spent keeping up with the endorsements on like what other people have endorsed on the show. So I'm going to endorse Ari Shafir's Skeptic Tank podcast. I've only listened to like an episode and a half, but I chose the, the Kurt Metzger one, probably the most recent Kurt Metzger one. And it was very illuminating. And, um, yeah, I just, I think, I think I'm going to listen to that podcast from now on. Although it could be that, you know, you like listen to a podcast and then you three episodes later, you're like, well, I'll delete this now, but, <laughs> but I think I'm going to listen to that one. Anyway, loved it. Gotcha. Brett, you want to go next? Uh, yeah. Uh, I'd like to endorse the, series uh, tv series on amazon uh, it's called fleabag um it's written by a the main actress is also the person who wrote the series oh. and it's great it's like like you're saying like super dirty and unapologetic and just like frank and loud and just a really funny well-written show uh give it a, give it a watch for sure nice cool dirty women i want to endorse my friend amy dresner who whose book is coming out September 15th, I believe, or September 13th, I'm not sure. And the book is called My Fair Junkie, a memoir of getting dirty and staying clean. And her name is Amy Dresner. She's a hilarious comedian. Love her. And my other friend, Jill Michelle, whose short film called This Is Meg just came out, and she totally funded it herself and did great things with it. And a whole bunch of other people <laughs> I can't remember, but... I'm glad that my friends are doing great things. And, of course, you all for doing this. I endorsed this podcast. <laughs> Thank you. Thank oh, you. my God, I listen to this podcast. We're, y'all are endorsing dirty women, basically, is what it sounds like. Let's just keep... Let's keep it. Keep it filthy, guys. <laughs> Good. Well, you know, because, like, what you said about it being a double standard, that, you know, uh, we, when women make the same kinds of jokes, it's seen as dirtier. It's like, no, you were making a dick joke. I made a vagina joke. So what I try to do is to actually be dirtier... So that, you know, I was told to keep, gay it down. Gay it down? For and the Latin Div is a comedy. Uh, 
I was told to gay it down. Hmm. When two comics before me, the woman was talking about blowjobs and this and that and all this stuff. And right. in my jokes, I didn't. I didn't yeah. say any of that. I'm like, why should I gay it down? Did you tell her to straight it down? I mean, yeah. really, you know, I, yeah. I've i been told that. I'm like, well, you're the potty mouth. I'm like, okay, how many fucks can I say? Right. You know, can I do 10 fucks, but you do 30 fucks, and yeah. now I'm the dirty one. Because they just want you to be sassy in camp. And yes. You're like, oh, somehow, <laughs> somehow a dildo is uh, dirtier than a penis, even though <laughs> clearly well, the opposite is true. <laughs> well, you know. it depends on... <laughs> it depends on if you're cleaning it or not. Yeah, it's true. Good <laughs> point. All right. Thanks, Sandra. This was awesome. On that note, yeah. can I end on that? Let's do endorsements. Hey, guys. Thanks for sticking around uh, and listening to the whole thing. Now we want to tell you how you can get more of us. So if you are listening to this uh, the day it comes out, September 7th, Thursday, you, of course, should come to my show at, off script at 9.30 at the New Movement. It's my show where heckling is allowed and encouraged, and it's my favorite thing that I do. Please come out and hang with us. It did sell out last time, so do get there on time. And on Friday the 8th at 10 p.m., I'll be on live at Cold Town. At Cold Town. And Saturday, I'm going to Schlitterbahn, so I'm not doing any comedy. And on Monday, I'm doing the Cap City mic. And if you've never been to the Cap City Comedy Club open mic, it's a really good time. They put on the better comics and a couple of crazy people usually. And everyone does four minutes. And it's it's really one of the better things to do on a Sunday night, I feel. But what do I know? On Monday the 11th, there's a show at the Craftsman called Monday Night Comedy at 8. You should come to that. And that's probably enough for me oh no wednesday i'm on that show at barrel of laughs that aaron brooks and mac blake put on six shooter come to that brett uh yeah if you're listening to this i will be opening for movie riot up at cold town every friday for the month of september that's going to be at 7 p.m and i believe on september the 15th at 8 30 i will be doing the just closed for comedy show at the shed barber shop oh you know what i'm getting my hair cut there on tuesday because i did the show and i was during during the show i was like hey can y'all cut my hair for cheaper than I'm getting it cut at the women's salon? Because it's like a guy barbershop. And I was like, I'm, this is a guy haircut. And so I'm going to start saving $35 a month. Okay, go on. Uh, no, that's about it for me. Sandra. And cool. I will be at Sellers Underground with the Queer Queens of Comedy September 21st. Awesome. And where can they buy tickets? At q3a austin underground dot bpt dot <laughs> maybe you should like sandra falls on facebook get a pin yeah. should they like you on facebook yeah, yeah like me on facebook because this is a long thing or you can go to the queer queens of comedy dot com. com awesome hell yeah hey like us all on facebook brett do you have a facebook likable page i don't i should work on that i don't know i'm sure people think sure. that uh, you know that you're douchey if you like do all that stuff at our stage but i also feel like if you don't do it like when when do you when do you so decide you're calling me douchey because i did that on well, no. from my set i said we love sandra.com no but you've way. been doing this for 20 plus years but there i feel like like when you're in your first few years no it's this it. weird thing i do it i do all of it and I if people judge me they go fuck and start building up a fan base you know yeah or just we have, have fans some. yeah you know so they want to know where you're going right 
it might even just if even if it's my aunt or someone like she was like oh i looked at your website and i was wondering if you actually did have a show and i'm like oh you looked at my people that's how if they want to figure out if you have a show and so you know and when i'm putting people on my shows even if it's just local comics who've only been doing it for a year and a half if you if i google you because i'm trying to find some credit or whatever and there's nothing mm-hmm it's frustrating. And then I'm, I message them and I'm like, hey, is there a credit? And they're like, nope. And you're like, well, fucking find something then. It's not cool to not. So you're, you're trying to figure out if they have credits so you can intro them? Well, usually I'll just ask someone at the show uh, for that. But it's like when I'm doing promotion stuff on all the different, you know, whether it's Meetup or Facebook or my website or, or you know, lastcastcomedy.com. Um, you know, you like to put sometimes yeah. a little cred afterwards. Just something to intrigue people. And there are people who, who like, uh, you know, can't. And I have to do research on people and then find something to say about them. Yeah. Because if everyone else has a credit and then this one guy doesn't, that sucks. Plus, like, with my difficult to remember name and spell you know i probably should have one just so people aren't just like you know what i gave i spelled three letters and i gave up halfway through why don't you just go with brett vivi brett vivi that's that's sassy i don't know yeah i don't know it just yeah it just kind of sounds french what's wrong with revort what's wrong with saying that i i don't i don't think there's anything wrong with it i just think it's just uh people want to add more syllables that there are then there yeah. are or they want to go like full dutch full german on it and they're like brett fort and they're like expecting some one a dude because my name is brett and then secondly just like some alt-right guy and they're like oh well strap in guys and i'm like no <laughs> that's funny yeah i'm sure you're going to continue for years to get very weird intros from people who don't know you and who yeah try it balls right. yeah <laughs> Vallis or Valls, yeah. Valley, yeah, Valles, mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah, N- names are a nightmare. Somebody asked me if that was my stage name. You're like, why? Like, would I, I made it up. Why did I make it? Why that last name? Right. Yeah. It, oh, it has a nice ring to it. Sandra Valls. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Sandra. Bye. 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 International.